Hold one. Arm drag. Brett screwed Brett. It's me, Austin. I did it for the rock. Oh, shut your mouth, you thong wearing fatty. Number four, arm bar. I am Sir Michael Cole. What? Welcome everyone to this week's episode of a Grapplecast. It's me, Taron, alongside Jamie, Dan, and Joe. Well, what a day, guys! What a day! The the day of recording, and about what two hours would you say or so before we start yeah. recording? We, you know, I was there today putting the schedule together. Oh, a little bit of news here and there, a couple of things we can talk about, trying to find out things to pad out a bit of context, and then, as we say, two hours before the show's about to start recording. We get this first, I say first, because it could be one of many, mass releases. Um, I mean, we're going to break them down um, person by person in a moment. But, yeah, what a what a kick in the teeth, eh? Yeah, Drop said it's going to be busy again. It is, isn't it? <laughs> I'm mega surprised. Like, it came through. And, like, I think we all said the same thing. We're like, no, that's a hoax. Like, that's clickbait. There's, you know, there's been clickbait all this week. We're like, no, nah, there's no way they've released Braun Strowman. And then you look at it, like, wow, they've released Braun Strowman. I know. Shocking. And I mean, like I say, we'll break them all down in a moment and have an in-depth look at it. But, you know, it, in a way, I suppose it should come to no particular surprise um, because this is the second or the third time now since the pandemic started that they've got rid of whether it be talent, on-screen talent, or whether it be producers, you know, bookers, that, that type of thing, writers. Um they're just going for mass clearouts whenever they want, and uh, you know I've got a couple of theories behind it, which we'll get get to. But um, yeah, sh- shall we just have a look? And we might as well. I mean, you might as well kick us off on this one. Dan, we'll go. We'll start off with Braun Strowman. Wow, really, really surprised. I know that um, he had some issues with. Um, I'm not sure if it was anxiety or mental health or something. Um, I don't know if that's contributed. But you look at it. I say to Joe a year ago when they had the pandemic coming in and uh, Roman Reigns couldn't be at WrestleMania, they they went and took a private jet to pick him up so he could be in the main event of one of the nights of WrestleMania to win the belt. And now it's flipped around and he's been released. But you look at it and if I said to you, "Oh, Taron, guess what? Braun Strowman's in the world title picture this month," you'll see you'd say to me, "Again? Didn't they do that last month? I'm bored of it." Yeah, I know. None of us predicted Braun Strowman to win the belt um, at WrestleMania Backlash. You know, if you said to me, what's Braun Strowman got next? Well, he's done the monster among men. He's, he's not really a monster anymore. You know, he's mm. kind of watered down. What really could he go and do? And you're thinking, well, unless you put him in a stable or he's brainwashed or something, no one really cares. The swamp but, monster. Yeah, the swamp monster. But, I mean, maybe a little release, Um, you know, get his bearings. And maybe do him the good. Because he came in, you know, didn't know much about wrestling. And they trained him up. And he's been going full force for God knows how many years. You never know, and maybe his request, but that I think that one surprised a lot of us. We, you know, he's in the main event three weeks ago. Yeah, I. It, what surprises me more about it is that he's a typical Vince McMahon likable wrestler. Guy. He's a big guy. He looks great. He's a decent enough wrestler. He's not the best on the wrong, but he's a decent enough wrestler for a person of his of his size. You know, it took him a while to get into the flow of things. He was very green when he first started, but he did he did pick it up. And you know, I, I tend to agree with you on the fact that he's getting a bit stale now. But you, you know, there's there's certainly other people that could have been released. He, 
he's reliable. He can always be thrown in, and, and you know, really, that's kind of what he has been lately, thrown yeah. into matches when needed, and to, you know, just just get rid of him. And and again, it was really out of nowhere. Like there's a couple of people on the list that we'll get to that I'm not necessarily surprised because I think I was more surprised they weren't on the last list. You know, so I think now, unfortunately, it has got to around that time. But very much, I think, like the Samoa Joe one of last time, he's the standout one. But even more so, I mean, at least there was a bit of context as to why Samoa Joe had gone. Mm. But yeah, with, with with Braun Strowman, I mean, I have read recently, and as I say, it was only in the last hour or so since they they believe do a lot of the dirt sheets that he's been released because he had one of the largest contracts um and because of the pandemic apparently back in 2019 he signed a multi-year deal and it was worth over a million a year so you know if we're talking two three four years that's two three four million dollars over the time mm-hmm. plus any bonuses or merchandise sales or anything like that that he gets and it sounds as if they've just released him rather than go you know we're releasing you or we're renegotiating a contract and you're getting less money. I mean, they may very well have said that and he might have said, fine, then release me. Um, you know, that's not been confirmed, but it certainly sounds as if that was one of the main reasons. Yeah, yeah and I think, sorry, Joe, I think if you said to somebody, you know, I don't want to use the football analogy, but you know, if they said, oh, I'll tell you what, United could get rid of Paul Pogba and we can bring in six new youngsters and freshen at the Manchester United team. You go, yeah, please do it. Paul Bogba's not really the star that he was. And yeah, we could do with those youngsters. Um, they'd be great to watch. And, you know, they, they may be lightning. Very similar with Braun Strowman. We could get rid of Braun Strowman on this million pound contract, uh, million dollar contract. And we could call up, you know, We could call up Karrion Cross. And they're on, you know, you'd probably call up six people from NXT or developmental. And there'd be a fraction of what Braun Strowman's contract is. So there's probably that thought process of it. If people are saying it's stale. People are fed up of seeing the same people in the main events all the time. So why don't we shake it on up a bit? And potentially that might be part of the avenue. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the thing about Braun Strowman, he was always a bit of a throwaway. I mean, look at the um, when he won the World Heavyweight Championship um, instead of uh, Rubber Reigns. He's always like the you know he was always the backup player. Yeah, okay, he's a big strong guy. He's a believable opponent. But he was just always like meh. He was never really pushed. I mean, there's no fault of himself. But he was just like, get these hands. He was just, just very one dimensional. He didn't really see much past his I'm big, strong Braun Strowman. And that's it. I mean, I think the most character development we ever had is when he was doing the stuff with uh, Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss. And that was, that was the most we ever got out of him, I think. I guess. Definitely. Yeah, no, com- completely. I just. Right, go on then. Where, where's he going to end up? I can't see him ending. I think he'll probably take a year off. He doesn't need to go anywhere else. I don't. I think he's so man, WWE manufactured. I couldn't see an AEW and Impact. I couldn't see a New Japan. What I could see is, you know, he's still quite a young lad, and he's come straight from weightlifting into WWE. Go back to strongman. Yeah, either go back to strongman and freelance and look at that a bit, or I tell you what, have a little bit of time off and come back at the Rumble or come back next year. And then we're all like, yeah. oh my God, Braun Strowman's back. And there'd be a buzz around him again. You know, there's mm. so much that you could do to book him. But I think at the moment, he needs a bit, he probably needs a bit of time off. You know, he's been working nonstop for God knows how long. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the place he'll end up is back in the WWE, like you say, have some time off. They'll rehire him once the crowds are back, um, you know, and they realise that they are getting a bit more star for talent again, as they do every couple of years. It'll, I'm quite confident he'll be back in the WWE. Um, 
probably to eventually be released again. But hey, he will certainly be back. I right. Think if, if Braun Strowman was around in the 1980s, he'd probably be as big as Hulk Hogan. Because he was those type of guys that WWE were building around back in those days. These big guys, big muscly. Um, and again, a lot of them weren't even good on the mic. Look how good Ultimate Warrior was. And he was only there five years. I say good, but you know, like, <laughs> there you go. Um, but so I've just recently watched the, the biography of Ultimate Warrior and the dark side of the ring because I watched them both back to back as well. So a lot of Warriors talk. But if Braun Strowman was around then, he would be one of the biggest things in WWF. Mm, yeah. So he's definitely a WWE type of guy. So like you say, he's we'll a Vince McMahon guy. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah, as Jamie said, like back in the day, you could because he's from like Louisiana. He's from the South. You just could call him like the Swamp Thing or something like that and come out with like like algae or something. But I think there's the place of movies as well. You know, there's always Hollywood. I think he's been in a couple of movies as it is, so that door's always open for him. What in the hell is Strawn Broman doing in the Impact Zone? <laughs> it's Broman. Um, right, let's have a look down the list further then. So another one that was... I'll say this is 50-50 on being a surprise and not being a surprise. So what I would say is this is probably um, not a surprise in the fact that I think he was, or rather, I think everybody thought he was going to be released at the last round of courts, Um, but a a surprise in the fact that they've been building his uh, his release, he has been released, his return rather, over the last few weeks um, with promos with a bit of a... um, rejuvenated character and that's Alistair Black go on then Joe kick us off on this one yeah I mean on Smackdown um, Alistair Black has been doing these vignettes of Tales of the Father where he's like cartoon like clips of him and his father speaking of like it's almost religious like my father taught me life wasn't fair I'm going to teach you life wasn't fair and they were building a feud between him and Big E I think a couple of weeks ago he took out Big E and they were building that feud, and they were building it and building it, and then just out of nowhere, they've just released it. But I think, you know, Tommy Ends is going to be snapped up in a heartbeat by AEW. He's, he's wicked. I reckon they've already offered him the contract. It's only been a couple of hours. Yeah, he's one of those as well. Like, he even put on Twitter how surprised he was due to the release because, like I said, they were just building up this new character. However, picture this, though. Would you pop or would you love it? Because, obviously, Mr. Brody Lee's gone. Obviously, unfortunately, Alistair Black is the leader of the Dark Order. I would love that. Absolutely classic. All of the matches in AEW, him against MJF, him against um, Dogshit Cassidy, him against Kenny Omega. I'd be well happy. To be fair, I am not. would not be surprised if he's already been signed up somewhere else. I think it's a really big mistake and they could have done loads with him. Could Braun Strowman be the new leader of the Dark Order? <laughs> could Santana, that, could but... Santana Garrett? Hmm? But, like, <laughs> Santana Garrett, he's... But I mean, like Braun Strowman isn't the best on the mic, is he? So I won't. Well, you probably mean not the best on the mic, Jamie? <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, Brody Lee wasn't like the best on the mic anyway. But he's not like, around Dark Order. So if you had the choice of like, okay, well, we still don't have a leader of the Dark Order. We kind of got Adam Page kind of like coming in. Ha- sorry, yeah, Hangman Adam Page. They can finally release Adam Page from the Dark Order. Because that's all kind of like when we could be like kind of like okay now we've got our new leader we've got this dark guy we've got Alistair Black I mean think of like his entrances and stuff he's he's basically like that satanic cult leader type of person so 
you could definitely have him. Or would you have Braun Strowman as a leader of the Dark Order? You'd have Alistair Black if you had the choice. Oh, I mean, these releases have kind of come at the right time for AEW with um, what's the new show going to be called? Age, you know, Age, yeah, starting in the next couple of months. So, Wait, AEW you know, were doing 90 um, days. AEW doing some releases as well. I think they released Awesome Con and somebody else this uh, weekend as well. So they're starting to they lose some people as well. But I think it's to make us money for Braun Strowman. That's 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 but I wouldn't be surprised if AEW start releasing some people as well. I mean, companies are in their new financial year. It's, it's you know, obviously they're going to do it. And you need to freshen stuff up as well. It's horrible to see, but sometimes you need to be moving stuff around. Absolutely. So we all think AEW bound, Alistair Black, Tommy End. Yeah, 100%. He might go back to Europe for a little bit first, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's already signed up. Leader of the Dark Order. Join the Dark Order. Lana. She's also gone. Now this one I'm really surprised at because she had Go a match on. she had a match on Raw and Natalia was on commentary and she was like, I taught her that, I taught her that. And she's been flying, like I said, a couple of weeks ago, she'd been flying to the Calgary dungeon to train with um Tyson Kidd and, and Natalia. And she's been putting in loads of work. The only thing I could think of is Miro, uh Rusev, who's her husband, has gone, Well, we can give you more money. And you can do a lot more over with over here with us and spend a lot more time with me. But it's a really surprising one because she was massive on social media, always promoting WWE. You know, almost like uh, all of the wrestling abilities from WWE. So it's a surprise in a way, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's something to do with Rusev and AEW. Prob- yeah, she probably said, well, if you're doing these releases, release me and I can go with my husband. However, um, I mean, granted from being at the audience at Double or Nothing, we haven't seen Cassie Lee yet, so... Uh, but obviously she was there with Sean Spears, weren't she? Mm. Uh, kind of like at ringside and stuff. But they're just going to bring all the partners over. Is Adam Cole going to come over eventually? Maybe. Mm. Just bring all the partners. What's your thoughts on uh, thoughts rather on Lana Jo? Well, it seems that really. I mean, she, they did a chronicle on her not so long ago, like how she's gone from being Rusev's manager to like. Being an ingrained talent, and how she's like gone to Natalia's dungeon, as, as Dan said. And she's such a great um, manager, and she's a good heel. And she has really, really improved, and you can tell she's really improved. And as well, don't forget, she speaks like five different languages. She speaks Russian, she speaks Latvian, and she speaks English. And there's a few other European con- um, languages she speaks. So, you know, if she does go to um, AEW, she'll be such an asset because. From what I can tell from AEW, they want to expand to other foreign markets. You've got a fluent Russian speaker there to do all the promos in Russian. Is yeah. something as well? Like I, I could be completely wrong um, or just missing it because you know sometimes a lot of the time she's on the screen we fast forward. Does she still have a Russian accent? Like, no, 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 Californian no, accent. It slips yeah, in now and again when she says certain words, she goes a bit Russian. But yeah, completely um, Californian. Because she's American, accent. isn't she? She's Californian. She's American, but she grew up in Russia. She grew up in Russia. Yeah, her father was like a missionary or something. And she grew Is up it her like, story or real life? No, real life. <laughs> she, um, <laughs> they, they, they lived in Latvia for quite a bit um, and Prussia and, and those sort of areas. And that's how she picked up. And then she became a, a ballet dancer and you know, went and did the Russian sort of um, the Russian ballet for a little bit from from what I remember from the Chronicle. Yeah, because she was doing some acting as well, like Banshee and stuff like that, didn't she? I remember in that, and then she was in like Pitch Perfect 2 or something random like that. 
What a career. Exactly. <laughs> well, from one career to another, um, Rey Mysterio's daughter's boyfriend for about three weeks, <laughs> Murphy, has well, also met his demise. You say that, like, Buddy Murphy will always be known as, like, the boyfriend of Alexa Bliss in NXT for about four years, and you go Rey Mysterio's daughter's boyfriend for three weeks. I mean, he's the luckiest man in the world. <laughs> well, is it, it is, true? It is a bit of a waste of talent. I mean, they had the opportunity to team up with his, his former partner. That kind of didn't work out, and he's been sat on the sidelines. Really, what, they've reinvented him a couple of times, and what could you have done with him? You can't really move him back to 205 Live. They could have probably moved him to Raw, but I think he would have got lost in the shuffle. There is, you know, there's, you could really attach him back to Seth Rollins. If I look at the plans of uh, Murphy, there's nothing really you could have done with him. You can't really give him an intercontinental title push. They're not going back to um, Australia for quite a while. So, you know, that'll give him the opportunity. I can see him possibly going to somewhere like Impact. I think he would do really, really well in Impact. Uh, he's the sort of person that they need in the X Division. Um, that would be my call for him, but that one's not a surprise. And I thought that one was coming, like you said, on the last lot of releases. When was the last time Murphy was on TV? Um, he teamed with uh, it was um, he was facing it was, it was with Seth Rollins, wasn't it? And um, he was trying to get Seth Rollins as oh, I'm your friend again. He's like, I so, don't need your help. So it was that long ago. Yeah, it was just before uh, WrestleMania. It was in between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. Wow, so it has been a couple of months or so since we have last seen him. I, I don't suppose he's popped up on 205 Live or Main Event, or certainly not that. I mean, we don't watch it, do we? So not that not that I'm aware of. But yeah, it, it's another an actual talent on this one that, um, you know, unfortunately could have been propelled and could have done something. Well, I mean, was he not the first ever Australian champion in the WWE as well? He was, yeah. Did he not win yeah. that at Super... Was it Super Showdown, the first one that they had in Australia? The one in Oz, yeah. 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 Um, and, you know, I think he defended it at WrestleMania in the couple of years back or so. So, you know, he's in a pre-show match, let's not forget. Um, but, he, you know, he has had a couple of moments, but, you know, just when it looked like they were actually doing something with him, I think when Paul Heyman became, you know, head of Raw for that bloody six weeks or so that him and Bischoff were Raw and SmackDown head, um, you know, it looked like he was getting that bit of a push. And then, I mean, I suppose just like most of these wrestlers do, unfortunately, because Vince gets bored with them or he just wants to try something new. He's just kind of dwindled away. So, you know, it is unfortunate, but I don't think for him it is over. I agree with you. He pro It'll be AEW or, or Impact Bound. I, I've got a feeling he's going to end up in AEW because he's quite well liked by a lot of the talent there, but I feel Impact would fit him better. Yeah. But um, only, only time will tell on that one. Yeah, I'll say if he did go to AEW, he would probably only be mid-card, whereas he probably could have a world title push in Impact. Oh, he'll yeah. be world title. If Rich Swan can be Impact World Champion, then anyone Kai <laughs> can be, you know, the world champion for Impact. I would love to see you as Impact World Champion on, on Impact. Aaron, I, do a, I do a great job. <laughs> you versus Moose, you're right. <laughs> I call this finisher the Big Dipper. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Do you like Pepsi? <laughs> right. Um, Ruby Riot is our penultimate name on the list so far. I mean, only recently in the last couple of months um, rejoined the Riot, Riot Squad, put them together again because they had absolutely nothing for Liv Morgan, Ruby Riot, and whatnot mm. to do. Um, so, again, this one, I, I don't necessarily think. Um, 
she was going to be on the original list, but it also doesn't surprise me at the same time. It is really just, I just feel like she was just there to make up the numbers, unfortunately, and that's no disrespect to herself. Um, they just don't do anything with her. And, you know, if they don't care, why should we? And, it's you know, they obviously shame. don't, yeah, they, they obviously don't care. Yeah, it's a, mm. such a shame because um, Joe and I have actually seen a wrestle in Newport. She was part, yeah. of, she was part of Jakara Pro and she was called um, Heidi Lovelace at the time. And she was in a Fatal 4 match and she was the only woman in that. I think she wrestled Pete Dunne. Mark um, Andrews. M Mark Andrews and somebody else. And this was before they all got signed to WWE. And I said to Joe, I'm like, oh, she is really, really good. Um, she's very well known across the independents. And she's another Alistair Black. She'll be somebody. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if she's just been signed already within the last two hours or so she's such a nice you can tell she's such a nice human being on the segments you've seen backstage everyone loves her so it's really weird that they've got rid of her but also if you look at it and gone could you really see them putting a women's championship on ruby riot maybe when she first debuted with the riot squad and they were doing a, like shield kind of thing maybe but you look at it now and, and they would have had to have done a lot to build the back up again but i think she is another one of these people that she can go somewhere else for a few years build up her stock and then come back to wwe in two or three years time Right squad, you know, right squad music hits, and she has a massive pop at a rumble. Um, I can see her coming back, but yeah, I can also see her going to AEW or or an AEW, yeah, definitely, or a New Japan or a Stardom. Uh, I think she'd absolutely smash it wherever she goes, and she's such a great talent. Yeah, I like, like I say, it not necessarily one that surprised me in in one sense, but but it but it did in another. But I I agree with you. I think I think we will see her again. Um. I'm going to slightly disagree with you, though, and say I don't think we'll ever see her in WWE again, unfortunately, not even in a Rumble appearance. I think she'll do quite well um, on another circuit, um, and I think we will see her on you know, what we would call American TV again, British TV again. I don't think she's got any value, unfortunately, for the WWE. Um, but who knows? They brought back what's of chops um, at the Rumble, what's she called, who had the bowl on her face. Gillian Hall. Gillian Hall. Gillian Hall. So if Gillian, Gillian Hall can make an appearance, then why not? Um, and then the, I was going to say the last one, the last one for now, who knows? Let's hope not, but who knows? There could very well be some more by the end of the night. Um, Santana Garrett, is that Oops. how we pronounce her? Oh, yeah, I, got yeah. I, I don't watch one, NXT. I? You did. No, you might as well go kick us off on that one. Yeah, well, on the last releases, I said, oh, you know, um, they were supposed to be bringing together this Charlie's Angels faction. Um, and I mentioned the other names and she was asked, I said, oh, you know, I hope that they do something with it. Otherwise she's going to go the same way. And unfortunately she has gone the same way. I think she's only had three or four matches where she's enhanced other people. She's in the May Young Classic. Um, she, she did that spot at the Rumble where she did the splits and put her hands on yes. the hips. So, hey, and somebody kicked her off the ring apron. Um, I really wish that they went ahead with this um, Charlie's Angels thing with Chelsea Green, um, you know, that other girl as well. Um, that would have been brilliant. Have those three as like a Mean Girls faction, Charlie's Angels. But now they've released all three of them. They better. What I'm hoping is there's so many women down in NXT. You're looking at the Tony Storms, the Io Shirai's, and they're ready to go. They've been ready to go for years. Even the Candice LeRae's. Those yeah. three women have been in NXT for three, four years since the last May Young. They're ready to be called up. Even Aaliyah, um, Jesse Kamea as well. They've all been down there. If it means that we might get a call-up of some of these ones and have fresh new matches, I'm all for it. But, I mean, Santana Garrick, I don't think she's ever had like a proper you know, introduction in a main roster match. They were billing her that she was going to get debut, but they just never pulled the trigger on her. I don't think there's an attitude problem. I think it's just the fact that she wasn't the flavour of the month. Yeah, 
I I have read on the dirt sheets this afternoon that she was actually one of the called up names to debut on SmackDown within the next six weeks. So obviously that hasn't happened, um, which again is another interesting one, very similar. Whilst of course it wasn't a debut, it was a return. You know, Alistair Black was due to, you know, appear on SmackDown within the next couple of weeks. He gets released, and then she was going to be a call up, and uh, and she gets released. So, th- you know, there's. There's certainly some very interesting reasons that we, you know, we we may never know about them, or certainly not until they talent themselves come out and say anything, if at all, that they do. But some of the timing of some of the releases just seems a bit off. The Alistair Black one's the weirdest because I know you said he hasn't been on TV, but he actually was not last SmackDown, but the SmackDown before he cost Biggie the Intercontinental Championship and beat him. Yeah, up sorry, the, of course, yeah, on the stage. Yeah, build up for Hell in a Cell for the title, won't they? Yeah, that will have like a big grudge match yeah. and then all of a sudden he's released. I thought it was a bit weird last SmackDown, there was no mention of it at all. I thought that's a bit weird. You you had that happen on the main stage. It was a big thing that happened. Now all of a sudden, nothing and now he's been released. Very, very strange. But he could be one of, the, one of these big contracts as well. You just don't know. Yep, of course. Um, now, I don't... This is going to be a slightly controversial topic now because I don't want anybody to lose their job um so this, is pure, <laughs> so this is purely scheduled this isn't a who do you want to be next of course not but it's more of a question of do we think this is it now for this round or and if not who do we think unfortunately may be on the chopping block i'll, I'll quickly throw out a name out there just to start us off because um related to this one Liv morgan I absolutely adore Liv Morgan. Yeah, I think she's great, but without Ruby right there, now what's she going to do? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll throw one out there as well. Shane Thorne, Flapjack. Yep. He's not really doing much. I've seen he's changed his name back to Shane Thorne on, on Twitter as well. I can see him maybe disappearing, even with the Lucha Bros, maybe. A Lucha party. A Lucha House Bros party. Masks, Lucha, Flippy, those people. They're, they're going to go. I'm going to say Ali. Why? Yeah, he's, he's just not doing anything, is he? He did something on Raw. Yeah, but it's not like nothing important. <laughs> so did Anne full of people. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my <laughs> guess, my ultimate pick guess is Keith Lee. Oh, yeah, shame. there's a lot of rumours around that at the moment. Yeah, I, I, I hope not, but I, uh, you know, and again, we don't want people to lose their jobs, but this may very well be the best thing for them. But you know, they could go on to it, do better stuff somewhere else. I, exactly, exactly. And I honestly do think that a lot a lot of them will. I mean, Braun Strowman will. Alistair Black will. Lana just will because of, you know, the position that Miro's in. Murphy will. Ruby Riot, I'm hoping does. I, unfortunately, I don't know much about Santana Garrett to know, you know, how, how well she'll she'll do, but you know, of the people that have been released, like I said before, AEW especially should be laughing at this. They really should because they need more talent. They've got another show. I mean, they've technically got four shows now when this new one launches with Dark and Dark Elevation. So, you know, they really do need to get their numbers up. And this is ideal. Why not just bloody sign them all, eh? I will say um, now, I know um, the WWE do like to... Um listen to us sometimes so lana if you are listening i'm sure you will go to aew at some point but i mean if you all follow her on instagram and stuff as well you can see that the type of videos that she puts on there as well for any fans of mma if you're aware of Paige van zandt just follow her route she does a couple of fights a year 
and then she's got her own kind of like private OnlyFans, which is kind of like ten ten dollars a month. Lana would be rolling in the money if she did something. Oh, hello. Like yeah. So you're saying you want to see Lana in MMA? No, I'm saying like <laughs> Lana, like Lana in AEW, but doing kind of like a fan only site as well. That would be a site. Can we have Lana in MMA? I think that's a good idea. <laughs> Well, Mustafa Ali, so I'm keeping an eye on Twitter throughout the recording of this episode, just in case any more come through. Um, Mustafa Ali has just tweeted a picture of himself and Buddy Murphy. Um, Alexa Bliss has just put a heartbroken emoji with the word terrible on the article. And well, Brun- like she was with Buddy Murphy and she's really yeah. close with Buddy Murphy. They are really good friends. And of course, with Braun Strowman. Of course, and Braun Strowman has tweeted in the last few minutes and yeah. said, "What a chapter in life! Thank you, people." Oh, so, awesome. but no, I um, I don't think it's necessarily the end for many or or any of these. Really, let's uh, let's hope not. Right. Well, that that was a bit of a curveball that was thrown to us. Anyway, wasn't it? Right before the recording of the episode, we have got everything else to go through. There was a pay per view this week as well. There, there was. Um, so we might as well jump into it. So I know I watched it, and I think, Jamie, you watched it. I Did watched Jan- it live, thank you very much. Good. Did Dan and Joe watch it? All caught up with the results, but I haven't watched a single part of it. Oh. I know what happens, but I haven't seen anything. Yeah. So I didn't... Uh, did you watch the pre-show on this one, Jamie? Yes, the buy-in. Yes, the did. buy-in, as they call it these days. I think Serena Deeb, she beat Rio, didn't she? Yeah, it's the IWGP title, isn't it? Uh, the NWA women's title, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was on the line. But usually the first half hour of the buy-in is literally just like a big preview of like all the matches. And then it goes into like a match and then um, kind of like previews. But I really love like that because that's what obviously you get hyped for on the pay-per-view. It's kind of what... Yeah. UFC do and what kind of do we do? He did to a degree back in the day. It's a proper hype of them talking about the match and building it up and then the highlights of their feud so far. And it really, like I said, gets you pumped up. And it's just great because, like, JR, when he's talking about Kenny Omega, just goes, He's just a prick. He's a. <laughs> <laughs> it's just great. But no, like, the buying was all right. The match with um, Sheeda was all right. So. Lovely stuff. So, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll have a, a brief run through each match, um, specifically for the people listening that haven't watched it, and for, for Dan and Joe, but we won't go too much into it. I mean, I might as well do these two matches together, because I don't know about you guys, but I'm sure I told you so. I told you so. Adam Page defeated Brian Cage clean by pinfall. You say, by, <sighs> you say clean, like... Clean by pinfall. And Miro and Miro defeated Lance Archer clean by <laughs> technical. Actually, solution. you say this: Brian Cage wasn't clean technically because either what way, happened, what happened was obviously on the Dynamite beforehand on the Friday night. Brian Cage was like, "I can do it by myself. I don't need anybody." And then the rest of Team Taz came out during the match distracted him and that's how he lost the match so you can see brian cage is going to separate from team taz maybe and then maybe we'll see the uh, maybe we'll see the ftw title finally be defended because taz will want it back or something maybe we'll see it disbanded and gone because it's stupid and pointless (laughs) it's stupid and pointless having the ftw title on someone that doesn't win the big matches that doesn't win you know 
the main titles or anything like that. That's well, my big breakaway. He's gonna do it. He's gonna start winning these big matches because he's no longer with Team Taz. Well, let's see. Let's see. But but the one thing I will say is is yes, they both lost again. I said they would, and I criticised the booking last week, but. They did, but both Lance Archer and Brian Cage did look strong in their matches. They they didn't look weak, I will say that. Mm-hmm. So, again, that's not in any particular order, those two matches, of course. The Adam Page match was first, but second was the Young Bucks. They did defeat Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. Um, this match just went on for far too long, as far as I'm concerned. This was over 20 minutes, this match. And whilst I... that I suppose that's really my only criticism, is that it just went on too long, and maybe about once we got 15 minutes into it, I was ready for it to end, and that was only the second match. This is the thing with Young Bucks, though. Young Bucks are probably in their contract to say, every pay-per-view, we go over 20 minutes. All of their <laughs> matches are that long. Because they're do... the greatest tag team in the world, apparently. Did you enjoy the match? It was all right. I said the young books just do what they do, don't they? I don't think they're anything special, but they're entertaining to watch. I mean, who's going to take the titles off them? I think it'll be a surprise team. Um, it'll be uh, like the acclaimed or J- Jurassic Express or somebody like that. It'll be somebody that they underestimate, and then they'll beat them really shockingly. Yeah. I, no, in fact, it's just coming to my head who's going to do it. Ricochet's going to get released, and Alistair Black and Ricochet, that <laughs> stupid thrown together tag match at WrestleMania that made no point when they Blake were. Blake and Murphy coming into it. Yeah, well, yeah, either of them get, get them in. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, decent match just went on slightly too long for my liking. Um, now, this was an interesting one. The Casino Battle Royal for a future World Championship match. Now, we won't go through the order of entry other than saying that the winner, Jungle Boy, um, came in at... What number did he come in at? I suppose they were with the spades, weren't they? So he was in at around that 15, 16, 17 mark as far as people that came through. Um, I was slightly worried, I was, that the that AEW were doing a copy of WWE when the first, or certainly in the first pack of cards, the clubs, the first person out was Christian Cage, and he was one of the last two. I thought, no, they're not just doing just because Edge won the Rumble this year from number one. Um, you know, they're, they're not they weren't doing it because of that. It's because he outworks everyone. Um, he was. He was <laughs> that would have been the excuse. He was. He was the favorite to win it all going into it. He had the yeah. biggest promo going into it. He was like saying he's going to do it all. I don't think it was anything to do with Edge, but because he does look good as well, like you say, like if you look at him, he's he's built well. He's he's really good in the ring, and I won't be surprised if he did win it. I, I expected him to win it. I, I was surprised by the ending. Well, I I wasn't. Once it was Jungle Boy and Christian Cage, I did think Jungle Boy would win because wasn't Jungle Boy one of the last two in the last Battle Royal, the ad for a number one contenders match? I'm sure he was. I'm sure I'm not making that up. And he just came up short. Wasn't it Penta ended up winning and eliminated him? So I thought, no, this time is Jungle Boy's time. And I think he's got the the world title match 
not mm. this week, next week. Um, of course, he won't win it, and neither should he win it because it's too early in his career. But he's getting there now. He's getting over the fans, and he's a great worker, and he can, and, and I think will be very big in the future as long as he's booked well and correct. So I was quite happy with the with the winner overall. Um, we did, Joe and Dan, did you see that we did have a debut as the Joker? The Joker. Leo Rush. Leo yeah. Rush with his debut. Slightly worried he was going to no do that side L. No, true. No. Oh, what's the um? Just going off Leo Rush now. What's the bloody um rapper call that comes out? Was it um Max Caster? He comes out doing a bit of a, a rap, not a very good one, but he yeah, part he, of the acclaimed. Yeah, part of the acclaimed, and he came out and he said, "Oh, Christian Cage, you've been nothing since you lost your." Edge, he said, <laughs> and um, he said something oh, about Matt Seidel as well, because obviously Matt Seidel, Evan Bourne's debuted last year, jumped on the top rope, went for a shooting star, and slipped. He said something about him slipping up as well. So I did, I did laugh at that a, a couple slipping of times. Slipping up airborne, airborne. That's it, yeah. <laughs> but. No, it's good to see Leo Rush. Apparently, Leo Rush is not contracted to AEW. He's um, contracted to New Japan, and he's yet to sign any contract with AEW. So it may very well have been a one-time deal, or maybe on just a short-term couple of appearances, see how he goes. But I've always been a big fan of Leo Rush, so I'm, I'm hoping something good happens with him. Yeah, he's got a little promo. Yeah, as I say, like, the people that we all predicted last week, and a lot of people said Paul White. Um, it's Paul White! I think I can't remember who said it, but technically they did debut at Deal, at Deal or No Deal. At, deal uh, or No Open. Deal. Um, yeah, we did see Mark Henry. That was me. I called late. it. It was. It was Marcus Henry. Mark Henry himself. He is there. He's going to be the new announcer and uh, for the new show. And, and he's going to be a trainer slash coach as well. I mean, he wants to stay in the wrestling business. And if somebody's saying, here's some money to do it, then why yeah. not? I don't blame him. Well, think I'll... about that legend tonight a couple of months ago with Christian King to Paul White and Mark Henry. They're all on it. Now they're all in AEW. Yeah, and look at what they did with Mark Henry. Flew him all the way out there for him to be backstage for 10 seconds, looking like an idiot on a scooter because he'd done his ankle in. Is it any bloody surprise that he went to... He's gone to AEW. Apparently, he spoke to Vince McMahon and Vince gave him his blessing. Uh, it's all Randy Orton's fault. Every time Randy Orton gets gets to someone, poor, poor Riddle, Matt Red- he Riddle, he's going to be a legend killer. Yeah, he really is in this instance. Yeah. Watch out, Airbud. <laughs> I think Tony um, Khan is going to get him like Jack's like season tickets or something. It's like thanks very much, mate. Uh, what did you think, Jamie, of the Anthony Gogo and Cody Rhodes match? The American Dream, Cody Rhodes. Yeah, um, it was it was all right. Like I said uh, Gogo had a, a good show, and considering he's a uh, he was better like than I thought he was going to be. Yeah, he, like I said, he's had a few matches, but he's proper going off the whole boxing thing like he does a lot of the whole like chest punch like basically what Shane McMahon tries to be uh with yes. his punches and stuff but uh obviously he is a bronze medal Olympic winner in boxing so you know those punches are gonna hurt and does have the power to knock you out but it's basically shall we say the second coming of Triple H isn't it Cody's like I ain't losing on a pay-per-view I don't <laughs> give a shit did Cody so... come out looking like um, old school Sting as well 
He had a bit of that, and he had a bit of uh, the American Dream because he actually yeah. used the moniker the American Dream as well for one night only as well, in homage, of course, because he he was against the governor, the the British Anthony Gogo. But yeah, I enjoyed the match. It was I USA really versus UK, and they weren't having all the fans not True. have the USA win. It had to be the USA win because there would have been riots if the UK won. Well, exactly. <laughs> We can't be having that, not on American TV. Exactly. And yeah. like I said, he was the American Dream. If if he wasn't called the American Dream and was still Cody Rhodes, the American Nightmare, I could see him losing. But because yeah. he was using the name, the American Dream, I bet he was like, I'm not losing when I'm... Like, <laughs> not as this, like, no. When I'm actually well, I say, when I'm play, paying homage to my father, I'm not losing that match. Which... But there's probably still more to do that. They could do more stuff. Uh, the announced full gear is in August. So yeah. Maybe yeah, they, go again. they did. All gear's been announced. Uh, no, all out, you mean? Full gear. Full, full, no, full gear's November. Is that November? Or, yeah, November. All out is August. All right, fair. Um, so, yeah, so we've got that to look forward to. Um, finally, though, everyone will be happy to know that Dr. Britt Baker, DMD... Defeated Akira Shida and is now the new AEW oh, Women's so World Champion. She's like the best thing on AEW. Like, I, as you guys know, me and Dan aren't like massive AEW fans. I'm just watching like Sperry. But every time I see Brett Baker on the TV, I'm like, that girl is money. And I'm just waiting for a contract to come up. And I think WWE, she'll probably stay with AEW, but WWE will offer a big, big money. Who yeah. do you think it's bigger? Because obviously they are kind of like a power couple. You've got Adam Cole and obviously Britt Baker. If it came down to it and both of their contracts came up, who would move over to the other one? Would you see Britt Baker go to WWE with Adam Cole? Would you see Adam Cole come to AEW with Britt Baker? I think it depends if he's already on the main roster. If he's on the main roster and he's winning with WWE titles, he stays where he is. But if he's currently doing what he's doing, he, he 100% goes to AEW because he's part of that elite bullet club like sort of scenario so he knows everybody over there he's best mates with pretty much all of them so career-wise it's better for him to stay in WWE I think if he went to AEW he'd get lost in the shuffle but he, all of his mates are there I could see him popping over see if if say his contract was up tomorrow and he could re-sign with WWE or go to AEW I honestly think he'd go to AEW tomorrow yeah I, 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 I honestly well, do just the same what would Britt Baker do would she re-sign with AEW go to WWE um, I think she'd re-sign with AEW. Yeah. Did you did you see that picture that WWE did the night of uh, Double or Nothing where they posted uh, Nia Jax? They posted a video of Nia yeah. Jax go watching Britt Baker. <laughs> <laughs> like, Best why? Best of all. Local talent, Britt Baker. Did you see as well that um, TNT Drama changed their Twitter handle to TNT DMD Drama? Yeah, that was a nice touch because they said they would if she won. So it was a nice touch that they did that, but yeah, no, I'm I'm very happy with the um, with the result of that one, and uh, long may her reign go. Um, until Ruby Riot comes, until well, it won't be Awesome Kong, will it? Because she's gone. It won't <laughs> be not. Awesome Kong. Um, what we did have is we did have a tag team match. We had Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky lose to Darby Allen and Sting, and wow, Sting. They booked this really well in protecting him, but in being very physical. If you watch it back, he didn't take many for all bumps, but he was very, very um, 
what's the word, physical. He did everything. He even jumped off the chips at one point um, onto a crossbody. Um, I thought he was brilliant. And what did you think, Jamie? Yeah, it was um, very good. I know there was a lot of uh, positive acclaim online talking about how great it was to see Sting back in the ring. I just hope it's not a, a common occurrence because, you know, it's usually in these matches on Dynamite, which is just a throwaway match that you'll probably get injured. When it's the big-time matches, you don't really see a lot of injuries. But if you're doing it week in, week out, it's one of those matches that you're most likely going to get injured in. But he is a sideshow. Like, he is like someone that you would want to go see in a main event match. So as long as they don't overdo it, I'm happy for him to keep doing it. I mean, like I said, as long as he's healthy, don't get injured and keeps doing it, it's fine. I think they do need to keep him just on paper. He can make appearances on Dynamite, absolutely. <laughs> but I do honestly think they do just need to keep him to pay-per-view matches, especially with AEW. They're, you know, they've only got, what, like four pay-per-views a year. So, um, you know, that that's a good break. Give him time to heal up in between each match. Still maybe have the odd physical confrontation on Dynamite if required. Um, I don't know why, but at the end of that match, I thought Darby Allen was going to turn on Sting. I just, for a minute, it almost looked like he was going to. I assume he will do eventually. Um, yeah, it's like but, but, student uh, versus teacher, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. But um, I don't know. Just, just for they that would, moment. They would probably have. What was that match he had last year? It was like a coffin match or something like that. He had like a coffin death match or something, Darby Allen, didn't he? Yes, he did, yes, yeah. And there's like coffins everywhere. I think that's what yeah. they'll probably have. Uh, Sting and Darby Allen would have that match. Whether that be at full gear or not until next year, which would be revolution. But I don't see it happening anytime soon, but it could happen in the next two, four months. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they'll drag it out as long as next year. I, I agree, it probably will. Maybe at, um, at full gear that October, November time. I agree. I think that might be time for the uh, the breakup. It'd be nice to see. I say nice. It'd be interesting to see um, Darby Allen in a, in a heel role as well. I think he'd be able to do it pretty well. Um, right. Last couple of matches of the event then, and the two Can we just matches. Say that this, this event on... as well was five hours long. If you include the um, the pre-show, it was on from twelve o'clock till five a.m. I went to bed at. Well, this is the problem that I got because we criticised <laughs> WWE enough, we do, for long events. And these last two matches, you know, it was an hour for two matches. They were both like half an hour each and both suffered from it. So the World Championship Triple Threat match, the three-way match, wasn't the main event. It was the penultimate match on the card. Mm -hmm. um, Kenny Omega, as we all thought, defeated Orange Cassidy and Pac um, to re regain the title. Um, uh, yeah, I, this match wasn't... I didn't go in with high expectations, to be honest, but I thought it was decent. And I just didn't think it was as good as what it could have been. I don't know about you, Jamie, but, you know, predictable, but not necessarily in a bad way, because that's what we thought. Um, I thought Pack had a very good showing. Orange Cassidy had a good showing for the limitations of his type of... Not saying he's limited as a wrestler, the limitations that his character give him. Um, but, yeah, I just wasn't particularly bothered by it. I mean, storytelling-wise, it, it, it was a good match because, like I said, you knew Orange Cassidy was never going to win it, but there were some very, very close moments where he got that free count when he did this whole... Um, orange punch and stuff like that but there was that moment where Pac hit the um his finisher 
and then he and then Orange Cassidy ran in and pushed him out of the ring really quickly and you thought, Oh my god, this could happen. You know mm. it not because Kenny Omega's gonna keep the title basically forever. Um but it, I, I I enjoyed it for what for what it was. Like you say, we we knew Kenny Omega was winning, but it was nice to have that moment. Cassidy's gonna do it, but he didn't. Who's gonna beat him for the title then? Hmm. Is it gonna Jungle be Boy? I think I, I, I think that that could happen. Like he's getting so cocky and everything, he's probably going to underestimate Jungle Boy, and he might just get a roll up yeah. and win it. Granted, he'll probably lose it the week after and get completely dominated by Kenny Omega. But I think that's the only way he's probably going to lose it would be underestimating somebody like Orange Cassidy, for example, and then, like I said, just takes a roll up or something like that, and and, and accidentally loses the title. I agree with you. That's how it. Yeah, I agree with you. That's how we lose it, being cocky and unexpected. But it, it won't be a jungle boy. No chance. And like I said, even if it's only for a week or two, like you never no. know. No. <laughs> see, never I can, know. I can see it being Hangman Page. I think you have the former tag team champions going against each other. You know, and you had Hangman Page in the first ever AEW uh, World Title match against the Jericho Vid. Put him in in the picture. He's he's believable. If you you know if you if you gave me that match and said pick a winner. I could honestly see Hangman Page coming away with the belt. He's been on a journey, so why not? I mean, if you look at it, the biggest face in the company right now is Orange Cassidy. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big I mean, you need somebody that comes in with a big face. So ideally you'd want your next champion to be MJF. But I don't think we're gonna see MJF versus Omega. I mean, that would be a great match anyway, because I'd say MJF can do anything. Unless, I would love to see Sammy Guevara have a shot. I mean, he did really good in that Stadium Stampede match. I know, obviously, it was a more towards, I say cinematic, it wasn't, but you know what I mean. But Sammy Guevara has got such great talent as well, and him jumping ahead, obviously, got, got the um, the final pin on Sean Spears and redeemed himself from last year for losing the Stadium Stampede against... Uh, the elite last year so he already has that rivalry because kenny omega pinned sammy Guevara last year in the stadium stampede so and the inner circle kind of face now anyway so maybe mm. sammy Guevara. i think sammy Guevara will be champion while jericho's out anyway yeah no i i, th- I think and he will jericho be comes a... back and sammy guevara has got the title he's like i did it i did it like i'm the champion and here he i am back and just goes now you're a piece of shit, Sammy Guevara, and basically turns on <laughs> on Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara's out of the inner circle, and it's just them four because they've all turned healed again. And then Sammy Guevara's the underdog Spanish god yep. <laughs> against Jericho at Revolution next year. Well, let, let's, for you guys. <laughs> let Let's go on to the main event then, because again, this was this was my least favorite match of the night for two reasons. One, eight stadiums, <laughs> one the length, and two, why? Th- this is your first. I understand part of it was live and in the in the ring this is your first event in god nearly two years where you've got a full capacity sold out crowd and your main event is a pre-taped not cinematic in that sense but you know what i mean pre-taped cinematic match that everybody's having to watch on a big screen and i just thought it was a bit of a mess and it was a bit of a mess for you know a couple of reasons one everybody knew everybody could tell it was pre-taped um and then when they all then came out 
for the live section of it, you know, yes, it's wrestling and we have to suspend our disbelief, but, you know, people aren't stupid. They know that they've just wandered out from their locker room and continued to massively recorded two, three days ago. Um, but also, they were cutting from... This was a first... You know, this wasn't an elimination match. This was the first person to score a pinfall or a submission on an opposition wins it for their team. Everybody disbanded and went into different parts of the arena, different rooms, different referees. So what? The referees have got to have, what, have, like, have like, like a microphone to go, oh, yeah, no, it's all right. He's just pinned him on the other side of the arena. So everyone else, oh, what are you doing? Yeah, I, I just, I wasn't a massive fan of the first stadium stampede. It was entertaining. I, I actually thought the first one was the much more entertaining than this one. And I just, yeah, I just... I was right on my prediction where I said the inner circle would win. Everyone else was going, no, Jericho's going off to do his tour. They'll disband and no, they won. They did it. Um, but I wasn't bothered. I, I just wasn't bothered. Um, I mean, I saw the bit that the inner circle like repelled off the like the top of the stadium. Oh, yes, like, that did. looked cool. And I it looked idea. cool to an extent, but it took them half an hour, and that was with them cut, bloody cutting the footage to bloody come down. <laughs> yeah, and um, the fact that MJF had like uh, Burberry like um, like things on his jeans that looked quite funny. Yeah, like I said, I liked the bit at the beginning where he was just in the uh, the limo for ages, and then the car came with the, with the rest of the pinnacle on it. MJF again was probably some of the best bit because I didn't care about. I didn't care about uh, Santana and Ortiz versus FTR and the disco. Didn't care about that. Um, I mean, the fight between Wardlow and Hager was pretty brutal, but fake pig in the in the freezer looked awful. If you <laughs> yeah. were doing that for fake, fake pig hunger. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, Sammy Guevara versus Sean Spears was really good. And then Jericho versus MJF. That, that's the only two bits I cared about. Uh, I didn't really care about the other bits, but... I think with Jericho and MJF, they were having a bit more fun with it, like I said, going back and seeing um, the Jaguars head coach uh, and, like I said, throwing balls at him, smashing over the head with the laptop. Uh, like I said, all of that bit was fun. And then, like you said, if there wasn't a live audience, they wouldn't have gone back to the, the arena. But because they've got the live audience, that's why they probably chose to end it in the arena. And when they did get to the arena, Jericho and MJF in the audience was great. And then... It was, but just don't do that match at all. I can understand these cinematic matches when there's a pandemic and there's no crowd because it's a bit different, but when you've got a crowd, do some bloody live wrestling. I, I think it would have been better. I mean, granted, it wouldn't work storyline-wise to a degree, but maybe it should have been better to do Stadium Stampede at Blood and Guts and then mm. do Blood and Guts at this one because I think this one would have been a lot better to see live, the, the Blood and Guts match. Yeah. with a bigger audience and then have Stadium Stampede at a smaller show with half of the audience. No, but then it I... would have worked out logistically, would it? Because, you know, Jericho wouldn't have been injured or, like I said, they wouldn't have had the whole if you lose, blah, 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 because obviously... I mean, the 1-1 one, one now, so... True. You know, Jericho need that rubber match eventually. Yeah. What, would you, um, what would you give the event then, Jamie, out of 10? I think it's definitely a solid 7. Yeah, I'd go with seven. I actually thought the wrestling was better on WrestleMania Backlash, but I enjoyed the event. I thought the event was more was more entertaining. So, yeah, I'd go for a solid seven on that it one. Like it was just really long. And the good thing about WWE at the moment is their events start at 11 o'clock pre-show. 
12 o'clock for the main show, whereas this one was 12 o'clock for the buy-in, 1 o'clock for the event, and then it was four hours long. So like I said, I was up till 5 o'clock on back, ready for bank holiday Monday, just like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. All right. Not fair in a good I don't blame him. Right, a couple of pieces of news this week, literally only a couple of pieces, because up until these mass releases, it was a bit of a slow week. I know Dan and Joe, you two were particularly interested in this one. Um, it's been rumoured, it's more or less confirmed without being confirmed, the WWE and New Japan Pro Wrestling look like they're having a bit of a collaboration coming up. Hmm. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Khan, the guy who um, ended up trying to, he actually got a deal. No, Mr. Khan, the other, the, he's, the one who's actually employed by WWE, he managed to broker the, yeah, he he, pro, he brokered the deal with Peacock, um, and he's done a few other deals. Um, I think with A and E and stuff as well. He's a he's a big broker. Like he he gets these things done. So um, when they're saying about the New Japan Pro Wrestling, you know, they want to potentially have an exchange of talent or work together. I'm not sure what the um, the gubbins are behind it, but it seems really weird. Impact want a relationship with them. AEW want a relationship with them. WWE do. I think it's a case where they just need to pick who they want to partner up with and just get it done because they, you know, Finn Juice were on um, there not so long ago. We've had look, you know, loads of cross promotion um, on AEW as well. Now WWE want a bit of it, so I think they just need to pick one and stick with it because. We're fed up of hearing, oh, it could be this one, could be this one. Just pick one and get on with it. Like I think they're spoiled for choice almost, and I think <laughs> WWE are thinking we need to get in on this um, before you know and try and get an exclusivity deal. I think that's yeah. what they want because I think Impact and AEW are quite happy to between themselves do a bit of a talent share with New Japan. WWE will want it that you do not share your talent and we do not share our talent with yeah. anyone else but each other. Yeah. Well, there was a, a rumor. Or like last year, the year before, that they were trying to broker a deal with all Japan, I believe, because um, what's the name? Uh, not Io Shirai, but what was Asuka's tag team partner? Kairi Sane. Kairi Sane is like the WWE ambassador for Japan, and I think she was trying to broker a deal with all Japan. And I don't know if that's fallen through or what, but yeah, that was a rumour. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens with it. It'd be very interesting to see if they do come to some sort of agreement. I got a feeling that with most things like this whenever it's rumored plans tend to fall through i think that's probably what's going to happen and AEW and impact will carry on their relationship type thing that they've got with new japan um and i think it'll carry on working for them because it has done so far um, and i think it's more of a better fit for them than it is with wwe but you know let's see what happens with that one we have also had news um that um was announced today, I believe, as well, that Molly Holly is trying out to be a producer backstage with, with the WWE. I believe she was either at backstage at Raw or SmackDown this week, end, end of last week, and actually do, more or less auditioning, trying out for the role. Now, there's been nothing that's come out after that since to say whether or not she's been offered a position. Be interested if she has with all the talent cuts lately. They'd be cutting enough backstage people, producers, wrestlers on their talent. Um, so, you know, if they are getting her in, if they do, will it be another Eric Bischoff case where he, she's going to be there for a couple of weeks and they'll get rid of her? Um, or or will will this fall through and will it not happen at all? don't know if anyone's got any particular thoughts on that one, but I just thought it was interesting because she's supposed to be a well-liked um, talent, a well-liked yeah. woman backstage, gets on with everyone, you know, sweet as you like, nice as pie. Um, and, you know, I think it really would suit her well, so I'm kind of hoping it does work for her. Well, she's, you know, she's WWE Hall of Famer for a reason. You know, as you said, she's well-liked. I think she's going to be heavily involved 
with the booking of the women, you know, obviously, you know, with Natalia and Tamina and all other women's tag team matches going on. And they definitely want to highlight the women. And they've got so many male backstage, you know, Hall of Famers like Jamie Noble, Tyson Kidd and stuff. It'd be nice for somebody from the female perspective to go, oh, no, this is how you should book women and women wrestlers. Yeah. I think, do you think she would have been offered this role if, obviously, do you think maybe it's because of this whole bank, that, that whole bag thing, you know, when they were giving her all the stuff, maybe she felt bad, so they're like, well, why don't you come back to us and we'll give you, like, a producer role? Do you think that would have happened if she didn't go on Twitter about it? That's Mickey James, though, isn't it? Yes. That's what you said, Mickey James, didn't you? No. Molly Holly. He's oh, not listening today, is he? Dear God Almighty. I'm I hope you are listening for our next segment, though, because before we go on to our quiz to finish the show, Jamie, you wanted to have a quick chat about this week's episode of Dark Side of the Ring, The Ultimate Warrior. Yes. Uh, like I said, I've been, I watched Dark Side of the Ring yesterday and I watched the WWE biography uh, this morning on Ultimate Warrior. So there's a lot of Ultimate Warrior stuff going around uh, at this moment in time. I know you guys haven't seen Dark Side of the Ring yet, have you? But um, with uh, the Dark Side of the Ring, it was it was weird watching both of them because the A&E biography is obviously from the WWE. And then this Dark Side of the Ring one's kind of more from an, like an AEW and independent side. And they were completely contrasting stories, basically. JR and uh, Cornette were basically like, hate, hate him. Like, I hate the guy, basically. <laughs> like, that's how they started off the interview, saying, like, I'm Jim Cornette and I fucking hate the Ultimate Warrior. Pretty sure that's, <laughs> that's, what, that's what he said along those lines. And it was just crazy because, like I said, it t- tells them, like, how how shit he was backstage to get on with and how shit he was in the ring and how he couldn't do anything. And it was just, like I said, then compared watching the WD biography, he's just like, yeah, he was kind of uh, troubled. He had his releases, but, you know, he turned his life around. I mean, they didn't even talk about the whole, if you've, if you've seen the video of him talking about how queering is bad, that kind of, that video. They, they briefly touch upon it and he says, yeah, I know, I know I was wrong. I shouldn't have said it. But then in Dark Side of the Ring, it proper goes into his massive tyrant of saying queering is bad and blah, 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 blah. But that Dark Side of the Ring with Warrior was just, because again, I never really watched 80s wrestling. That's, I haven't gone back and watched any 80s wrestling to a degree. So I didn't really know much about Ultimate Warrior. He was only in wrestling for five years. I guess yeah. it's crazy, like, think about it, because of how big he is of a name, but apparently he just refused to work on his wrestling or refused to lie down for certain people or that kind of thing. I know, Town, you watched it as well. I I have. Well, I don't think it was a bad episode, but for some reason I can't really put my finger on it. This was my least favourite episode so far of any of the three series, and I think it was probably because... They've been quite hard-hitting on a lot of the episodes, and I feel, and maybe it's just from watching other documentaries about him, listening to Jim Cornette speak about him, listening to other personalities speak about him, there's a hell of a lot more they could have gone into and a hell of a lot worse um, about him. I don't know why my door's open to my office. I think the cat's just walked. <laughs> um, but um, I, I, I was... 
I don't know if disappointed is the right word. I enjoyed it. I didn't really learn anything new. I'd heard about everything before. Um, but I do think, and certainly not things to discuss on this um, podcast because it's, um, you know, quite hard hitting a lot of it. But there's definitely bits I'd heard about before that I was like, oh, I hope they discuss this and elaborate on this. And, you know, and it just wasn't mentioned. So, yeah, yeah well, I, it was good. But not as ago, there was a DVD years ago. The wasn't it? The, the destruction of Ultimate Warrior. Was it basically the same thing or was it a bit more? They didn't really talk about it. They did on the WWE biography to basically say, like, WWE wanted to distance themselves from Ultimate Warrior, so they released this DVD to kind of distance themselves from him, but they didn't really talk about it on Dark Side of the Ring. Dark Side of the Ring didn't even really talk about wrestling. It was more about him outside of wrestling, and now he was controversial with his views, and that was what I was looking forward to doing, but to me, like I said, they just didn't delve deep enough into it. I'd heard more... Um, that I was hoping they would speak about. Um, what? what it, it, was, it was Jim Cornette that said it, weren't it? He basically said, my name is Jim Cornette and I fucking hate the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. Said, that's how he started, didn't he? Yeah, I'm I mean, and he, and he, yeah, no, that's right. And he's, he's very much like that. He doesn't get it all back. Like, say, I listen to Jim Cornette's podcast, a drive-through in the experience every week. Um and yes, I, I he, he doesn't hold back, and that's what I like yeah. about. And that's what I like about Jim yeah, Cornette. Yeah, things on that dark side of the ring then released a new T-shirt called yeah. uh, "Smut and Filth" because I think that's what Dana Warrior called it. Like that episode, I can't yeah. remember who it was. Somebody, uh, it was either his wife or ex-wife, but his ex-wife was on this one, so I doubt it was her. But um, I think it was Dana Warrior who said basically it was Smut and Filth. So, <laughs> a, so I say AEW, it's not AEW, it's just because they've got loads of AEW people on it. They then released, obviously, that T-shirt, Smut and Filth, in the style of the Dark Side of the Ring logo. Um, yeah. But it was weird because, like I said, his ex-wife was on this one and then Dana Warrior and his family was on the WWE biography. So you were seeing both sides of the story to a degree. It was an interesting one to watch back to back. I think next week's episode will be interesting. I say next week's, this week's, this week's, next week, this week's. Um, yeah, tomorrow at time recording is the In the Shadow Grizzly Smith, which is um, Jake the Snake Roberts' father. So Jake the Snake's got quite a you know a lot to do with it as well. Um, again, certainly not topics that we necessarily want to discuss on this podcast because um, it is very hard hitting. And if anybody doesn't know the story, I assure you to watch the episode of Dark Side of the Ring, and it's probably going to be a bit of a hard-hitting watch and not for reasons that you think um, quite harrowing, really. So I'll leave it at that. But I've, I have enjoyed, you know, as much as this one was probably my least favourite episode, like I say, of the three series so far, I really do enjoy this series. And um, my I'm only worry now... Because we, have, we haven't spoke about it, but Collision of Career was mental. Like I know, one. yeah, yeah, some of the stuff that, uh, again, it's difficult on a podcast to speak about that as well without getting sued, um, but... Um, you're not allowed to say bad things about North Korea. You're not, apparently, yes, and again, watch that You're episode. not allowed to wear tight jeans either. Exactly. Did you see that? Yeah, oh yes. <laughs> um, so, my only worry is, is what, this is, what, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. This is going to, the last episode of this series will be episode 30 over all of the three series. I'm I'm struggling to think how they're going to keep the series going. There can't be that much left to talk about. Um, maybe there will be. Go to the lighter side of the ring. The light side <laughs> of the ring. The so lovely music. Dark, so we'll be like, here's Christopher Nowinski to talk don't, about. Don't the clown. Don't the clown. <laughs> don't, don't the kids love him. Don't the clown. Um, but yeah, no, I look forward to the uh, the upcoming episodes. Right. 
Shall we quiz it? Let's shall. Daniel, I believe you are hosting this week. So that means let me get the quiz up. Dan's on six. He can't get any more. Joe's on three. Jamie's on five. Now I'm on two, but today's the day that I tie it with Joe. I could tie it with Joe. You could tie it at the top. I could tie it. I will tie it with Joe. You have to tie last. Go for it. Right, so let's get you started, guys, on your question number one. Nice and easy for you. Who did the Texas Tornado, Kerry Von Erich, defeat at WrestleMania 7? I was hoping you were going to say, who is the Texas Tornado? <laughs> I just told you, Kerry, Kerry Von Erich. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I know the answer to this one, so that's all right. <laughs> well, if you've seen a lot of the episodes of Dark Side of the Ring, you'll know this wrestler. Absolutely. Number two, who was Shelton Benjamin's tag partner in the world's greatest tag team? <laughs> no, this is that googling from Jamie. <laughs> He's not bright. Definitely not googling. My words literally just like popped up now. So, number three, Jacques and Pierre are known by which tag oh, name? Oh no, I know this as well. I can't no, they, think. They do have two tag team, different tag team names, but there is a certain theme. So, I'm looking for a specific answer. The so 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 there's two options, but you're only going to take one. Yeah, there's a specific answer because number ten is a question that asks you something. So it all wraps together. All right. Okay. Fair enough. Um. Right. Fair enough. Then. Okay. Number four. Lisa Marie Veron is the real name of which former WWE women's star? We Lisa Marie one. Veron. We know that one. Hey, you can see how excited he got there, Faye. I like that one. No, I like that one. I can see you about to do the impression as well. Um, <laughs> I was literally going to sing the theme tune, but then I was like, oh, I can't. <laughs> Number five, which baseball team's logo was on the Brooklyn Brawlers? A tire. Yes. We know that one as well. I hope, I, I hope I've got that one right. <laughs> Number six, Al Snow is billed from which town in Ohio? Oh, I actually don't know that one. It's a good one to remember. Uh, number oh. seven, who was, Ke who was Kelly Kelly's boyfriend when she debuted in ECW? Oh, that's a guess, but I might have got that. Number eight, what is Rey Mysterio Jr.'s real first name? <laughs> is it Dominic? <laughs> <laughs> it's Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> Number nine, Chad Gable and Jason Jordan are known by what tag team name? Good. We all better get that right. And number ten, what links all of the answers? <laughs> what? Um, I'm sure you should all get it. What? It what be... links all the answers? Yeah, it should stand out like a sore thumb. If you get them all right, that is. <laughs> yeah. But there's a few of them that are really, really obvious that you should know them as other things. Oh, no. I don't. Why do I know that? I actually don't know. I'm going to kick myself with that one, aren't I? Right. <laughs> go, go for it. Okay. It's so not number like one. an anagram or something, is it? No, no, no. <laughs> no. no. They're all wrestlers. <laughs> um, right. Number one, we'll start with Jamie. Who did the Texas Tornado defeat WrestleMania 7? 
Uh, no, I just put Warrior. Oh, it's not that one. What, what do you reckon, Taryn? I think it's Dino Bravo. And Joe? Which has been an episode of Dark Side of the Ring. Joe? Dino Bravo as well. It's Dino Bravo. Do you want to say his name too many times? No. Just just in case the Canadian Mafia come after us. Um, By the way, just to let you know, I've got my phone. I've written all my answers down. Look, there they are. The only reason I've got my phone is, is because I've not had my tea and I'm thinking, sod it, I'm ordering some food. Ooh. So there we go. <laughs> Definitely Googling the answers through just eat. <laughs> Number two, Shelton Benjamin's tag team partner in the world's greatest tag team was? Charlie Haas. Charlie Haas. It was Charlie Haas. Number three, Jacques and Pierre were known by which tag team name? I, oh, I might have got this wrong. I went for... The, is it not something stupid like where they're from, like the Quebecers or something? Or Qu- the Quebecs? Yeah, no, I want to say Quebecs or Quebecers. Yeah, yeah, the Quebecers. Quebecers, yeah, yeah. yeah right, I'm having that then. I think. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, uh, number four, Lisa Marie Veron. Who is she? Victoria. Victoria. <laughs> All the things you said. All the things you said. What is it? I lost my mind. <laughs> 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 number five, which baseball team did the Brooklyn Brawler wear? New York Yankees, surely. The, the Yankees. It's not the Mets, it's the Yankees. No one cares about the (laughs) The Yankees. Right. Number six, we're going to come to... Five out of five so far. (laughs) Number six, we're going to come to you all individually. Al Snow is billed from which town in Ohio? Jamie. I can only think of two, so I went for Boise. Nope. Um, I had no idea about Cleveland. Joe? I didn't know either about Cleveland. This might help with the link. Ah. It's Lima, Ohio. Oh, okay. Number seven. Yes, Lima. I know what the link is. I know what the link is. <laughs> no, you can't yeah. write it now. You what? can't write it now. No, no. If you didn't have it, before, oh, you can't put it now. What? No, but we, no. we now know what it is. <laughs> Jamie still doesn't know what it is. I know what it is seven. now, yeah, when you said that. Who was Kelly Kelly's boyfriend when she debuted in ECW? Um, I don't. I put Mike Knox for some reason. Yeah, Mike Knox. Okay. Um, Rey Mysterio Jr.'s real first name. Joe, what do you have? Oscar. Everyone Oscar. else? Yes. Yep. Yep. Oscar. And uh, what was the name of Jason Jordan and Chad Gable's tag team? The Alpha Americans. Americans. So, <laughs> an Alpha. Alpha, Oscar, Mike, Lima, Yankee, Victor, uh. Quebec, Charlie, and Bravo. We have no, it's a lie native... because it's a netting Alpha the yes, it's the Quebecers. No, it's like so we all get up all... and Victoria. Victoria's Victor. Yeah. Oh, where we go? Um, but we all just cheating. I should have used Papa Shango as an answer. That would have been a little bit easier as well. But yeah, they're all the phonetic alphabet. So if you want to all add up your scores, let me know what you got. Um, so I'm not allowed a point for number ten. No, because you didn't have it before we went through the answers. Well, I, I got, got eight things. I only got two wrong. Jamie, would you have? I got five. Joe? No. Oh, <laughs> Which one did you get wrong? Um, where is Al Snow from? Lima. I put Cleveland. But you managed to get the 10th one right. Yeah, because I knew it was Tino Bravo. I knew... No. Yeah, no, no, no. Funny how these two brothers live in the same house, isn't it? Here's <laughs> the answers in advance, he says. 
Abuse the quiz, master. When I used to host pub quizzes every single week, everyone used to say, your brother keeps winning. That's well, not yeah. my fault. Not my fault, you know. Funny some people that, some people can turn up to a 007 quiz and, you know, uh, clean their free drinks. So. Don't you yeah, start. Yeah, that's the thing, though, when you win £20 and you get half of the profits. No, when you win £20, <laughs> but you don't win £20 because you don't pick the right ball out the bag, even though you beat everyone else in the quiz. <laughs> oh, dear God. Anyway, that's the story for it. I'm sure I've told it on one of the earlier episodes in the pod. Right. <laughs> um, yes, but Joe, uh, Joe, that puts you on four now. It does. So the current board is Dan on six, Jamie on five, Joe on four. I'm still on two. Cheated <laughs> out, I am. Cheated out. <laughs> So, I mean, that's it for this week. We'll keep an eye on the old socials to see if anyone else gets released. As I say, hopefully not. But, um, Joe, where can you find us on the socials? You can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Grapplecast Show. And don't forget to like and subscribe us on Apple Podcasts, Deezer, Spotify and all the good places you find all the podcasts. Lovely. Keep your suggestions coming in as well. We are still to do, what is it, Great American Bash 1892. We will do it, so thank you for the gentleman that discussed. It is coming up on a future episode. There's so many releases. This is the problem. We were going to do it today, but all these releases happened. But, uh, you know, anyone with any suggestions wants us to watch anything, review anything, or just wants our opinions on anything, do tweet us or drop us a message on Instagram or Facebook, and we'll be happy to do so. Anybody got anything else they want to throw out there before we end the show today? Good luck in your future endeavours. Absolutely. Oh, oh, shit. Until then, we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. You can't say that. Oh, Oh, John Cena's coming back at some point. Oh, yeah. Ta-ra. Hold one. Arm drag. Brett screwed Brett. It's me, Austin. I did it. For the rock. Oh, shut your mouth, you thong wearing fatty. Number four, armbar. <laughs> <laughs>